Welcome to Branding BFF, a podcast for service businesses, creative professionals, and coaches. I'm your host, Lisa Spear. I'll be having authentic conversations with entrepreneurs and brand creators, so you can gain behind-the-scenes insights and inspiration to apply to your branded business. Please note, these are uncensored conversations with guests, so there's a chance they'll be adult language. Welcome, Lee. Hi, how are you? I'm good. So before we dive in, uh, can you just explain to people who you are, what your business is, and then we'll talk a little bit today about the road to rebrand. All right. Well, I'm Lee Sellers, and I'm an attorney in town. Um, I have an office in North Carolina and South Carolina, Fort Mill and Charlotte, and I do primarily family law. In fact, that's all we do. And I used to be with a firm, since we're going to be talking about rebranding, that was Crucian Sellers um, for 14 years, and currently um, own a firm called Touchstone Family Law. Great. And so I know a little bit about your current brand because I was involved in working on the rebrand. But uh, I think that what's interesting for people is this whole concept of rebranding. Sometimes people don't know when they should do it, what goes into the thinking about it, how to choose to take on this big task of rebranding, especially when you've been with a company for a long time and your name is in the business, uh, in your case. So what were some of the factors that started you on this journey to consider rebranding? Well, it was really three things. One is the law firm name was associated with two attorneys, a partnership, and we had had some discussions about if we brought in an additional partner, would that require renaming the firm? Um, Would they want their name in it if they did? If that were important to them, you know, would we be open to it? You know, what was the consequence? So early on when we started about thinking about having somebody else besides just the two of us in, in a partnership role in some way, we talked about it. And it didn't really come up that we found the right person at the right time, so we weren't really forced to do it. But we did start talking about that. What would it mean? And then as um, our firm was transitioning, as my partner was getting a little less um, inclined to put in the tons of hours that he'd been putting in for 30 years um, and looking more towards, you know, slowing his practice down, um, we were going through a lot of conversations about that, too. And part of it would be, um, you know, what would be the – the cost of the name if I was going to continue using a name that had him in it whether or not he was involved anymore you know what would I pay for that Um, so it came up as to what is the value of a name what is the value of a brand and how do you do it and we were really challenged to figure out you know how do you quantify that you know financially Um, and so we had that discussion and then when I started thinking about changing it uh, my own name is not in in and of itself distinctive so sellers is not necessarily you know it doesn't speak volumes um, about what I do and it got me started thinking about if I'm going to have a name just to be seller's law or seller's and something law that just doesn't say anything about who I am or what I do and if I'm going to have to change the name we had took 14 years but Christian sellers had become synonymous with what we did at least within you know, our network um, of attorneys, people knew if you said Christian Sellers, what we did. But that took that took time. Yeah, that's a lot of years to build a exactly. reputation and some brand equity. Exactly. And so I sort of started toying with the idea of coming up with a name that didn't have anything to do with my personal name. So 
how did you choose the approach that we arrived at? Like not just, you know, like Matt, Olin, and I were involved yes. with the naming and the branding of your business, but really this really came from your vision, right? Like you had this idea of mm-hmm. the kind of firm that you wanted to create. So how did you arrive at that? Correct. Well, it really went back to thinking that the name should say something about who we were and, and what what we did. And the idea that it should speak to the type of law firm we were and it should mean something, even if it only meant something to me and the members initially. Um, I just felt that it should be something that we believed in and that meant something to us that, that said, you know, what we were and what we did. So from the beginning, I wanted the name to um, mean something and not just be a brand or a clever, like, oh, that's cute or that makes sense. You know, I really <laughs> yeah. wanted it to, to its core. Um, have some value because the people coming to you are often in a state of crisis Mm -hmm. their their family life is to some degree dividing Mm -hmm. coming apart in some manner Mm -hmm. so what are some of the feelings uh, that you wanted to evoke in the name we wanted people to um, hear the name and understand that what we were going to be providing them with was guidance, a roadmap, um, a, a place to um, sort of land and measure, you know, yeah. that, that space where you could really be and be evaluating, um, measuring. Um, and that was something that we thought was very important. So let's talk a little bit about the visuals, mm-hmm. right? So how, um, because you have two offices, there was different elements you had to consider. Mm -hmm. You have two different, totally different office spaces. Uh, You have two different vibes Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of how the buildings are situated, where they're at. Um, How did the brand come into play with that? Well, we wanted the people who were in either space to ultimately feel like they were at the same firm without it looking the same. Um, and we did that for two reasons. We wanted the same feel um, overall, but you know, it, every case is unique, every client is unique. So we didn't feel like the space needed to be cookie, cut, cookie cutter. We thought it was fine for a touchstone to be a lot of different looks yeah. um, because every one of our cases was gonna have a different look. But what we wanted to pull through it was um, a very um, modern, feel which I know is very popular right now anyway from from just driving around town and watching people um, redecorate but modern in the sense that I'm in a very old-fashioned traditional business I'm in the practice of law and when you think law practice you know if anyone is thinking about law practice they're going to think dark you're going to think lots of heavy woods you're going Mm -hmm. to think books just stacks and stacks of books papers files but this very kind of old-fashioned um dusty kind of heavy yeah heavy place and so when we came up with the visuals for touchstone we wanted to think um brighter lighter um cleaner and more open so we sort of worked around making sure that every space was very open and um bright so more future not so heavy and weighted down 
Yeah, because your spaces are very different. Um, mm-hmm. Can you describe a little bit the difference between your two offices? Because sure. they just have a totally different um, neighborhood, a totally mm-hmm. different uh, building structure. They really do. So the primary office, and I say primary because it's largest in terms of square footage, um, and I have more people physically reporting to that space. So it's um, in South Park. Um, in sort of what is becoming a financial district in many ways, South Park is is developing um, very differently. So we're in a building that was built, you know, in the 80s or 90s that has that kind of, you know, concrete front and um, lots of windows. We're on the main floor. Um, it's a very um, angular building, um, lots of little twists and turns the way they designed it. But it's a very um, corporate, I think, looking building. Um, And it is where you might think you would go meet with a financial advisor or a a tax consultant or or something like that. So that whole space, the area of town that we're in, the building whose names are on the marquees, you know, the the bright lobby with the two-story entrance and you've got the silver elevator door. So it's still very business-like in its look. But when you get into our space, we've cut... Um, the space is up and tried to add the color and it's it's a little more communal it's it's more of a triangle shape once you get into the workspace so that everybody kind of feeds out into the common area um, rather than an exit or a hallway Um, so but it's definitely the more business looking place our South Carolina office is completely different because um, I chose to place it in literally the downtown of Fort Mill South Carolina which has um, historically always been a thriving community in South Carolina in and of its own. It's also drawn uh, a lot of attention as a type of bedroom community um, for people that want to live there even if they're working in Charlotte. So it's the place that people want to go home to even if they're not working um, in in that direct community. So we actually are on Main Street and it is the original old movie theater that was built in 1946. It burned in the 70s, I think. And someone um, who was a local Fort Mill lifetimer um, bought it. Um, he talked to me about his taking his wife there for dates, but bought it. And it was gutted by the fire. So he went and took it and sort of split it up by making it two stories. You know, a movie theater normally would be really high ceilings, right. um, but did make it into two floors. And we really, um, he chose to leave everything, and so did I. It's all the exposed brick and the beams and the original, you know, I have the burn marks in my particular space that I chose not to cover up from where the fire went through like a vent. Um, So it's very um, architectural and um, old, and, and you've just got all these really cool elements to it. And it's not at all business-like. It's got um, exposed brick, if I remember It does, photos. it does. And beams, all of the steel beams are everywhere. And, um, you know, we pulled some old, you know, period piece lighting fixtures in there for the, the 40s and 50s. And it's on this little main street, and I'm above a coffee shop and wine bar, you know, and pastry shop. So it's a little more uh, Mayberry feel to the office um but still really big windows um and and not heavy um the walls are are very solid um but you know it it is a whole different location um but that same feel of I think possibility and renewal that's great 
So when I think about um, talking to different people about you know branding, rebranding, I think a lot of the things people worry about is if they're going to rebrand, how do they communicate that to their existing clients? How do they make sure that people know that they exist just under a new business name? Um, so what are some of the steps that you took to make this transition happen? Um, that was a real concern because I had established attorneys who were with me, who were coming with me. So from the original, you know, structure. So it wasn't really starting a brand new business. Um, I was taking a, an existing structure and, and just as you're saying, rebranding it. So making sure that people could still find um, everyone was important. So we did um, three things. First of all, we made sure the website was absolutely ready to go before we launched the name brand. So that had to be up um, and, and really ready. Um, we also went ahead and put some money in SEO. So we really made sure that all of the principals, the people, the attorneys uh, in this case that work there, we literally did SEO on their names. Um, to drive people to the new website. And then we really had to depend on the people that worked there to speak to it. And so we did do a launch party and did do a huge invitation mail out, which really served as our announcement. Um, we did not do the traditional, hey, we've changed our name. Hey, we've, you know, um, moved. We really kind of put it all together um, and made it a party invitation um, and really counted on just having everything ready to go. But it really it was really important that all of the employees work it, um, have business cards, um, carry items that had our name, and tell people, um, you know, just make sure that we got the word out. So it really does take everybody understanding that this is going to be important for the success of the business is that they put some time and attention into it. And I think that once we got them excited uh, about it and explaining, you know, why the name was what it was and why we were rebranding and what it would mean for them in a positive sense, um, it wasn't hard to get them to spread the news. And who doesn't love a party? <laughs> and it was a good party. It was a great yes, party. We had our own craft cocktail. So. Which was so cool. And that actually ties into your tagline. It does. Yeah. Do Crafting wanna... solutions that work. Yeah, so what a clever way to actually build in some of the brand meaning, mm -hmm. uh, the crafting solutions that work, and then having craft cocktails. It's just another I way did. that people can think about if they're um, wanting to connect everything that they're doing in their brand and their business. Like These are all these little opportunities that sometimes people just miss. And I think that's one of the keys, and you were very um, proactive in that, um, is making sure that you, especially when you're rebranding, is being so careful in the beginning not to get sloppy and to really take everything that you're going to put your new name or your new color in um, is to actually make sure it is legitimately um, brand specific, that it's not close enough, quote unquote, that it really does match because you don't need any confusion yeah. or any distraction when you are rebranding and, and you've been very helpful with that, but I would say that that's been key is everything from the colors of the pins that we put in the lobby to exactly making sure that the resolution of the logos was actually perfect for that particular thing um, to the party invitations to literally our online colors. You know, we have some surveys in ours and, 
and making sure that when we link people off our website to other sites that it's got the same look and feel yeah and you know we we cannot be responsible for diluting our own brand when it's new and so that's been I think really key is that everybody really think about it and it's been kind of funny to to watch the the other employees you know really be careful about that and think about that and see something and go oh that's our color right we could use that you that's know great. we could buy that but everybody sort of understands um you know that that it is our color and yeah. and so that's part of the start right there is just the fact that the people that work for us have recognized it yeah and i when i think about branding what I like to say is it's not just the visual. That's critical, especially when you're establishing or rebranding. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also all the verbal elements from the name, the tagline, your tone of voice in your written communication, how you mm-hmm. speak to people, uh, the customer service, um, like voicemails, those kind of things. But then there's the experience, like the client experience mm-hmm. and all the things associated with that. Those are also part of the brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the things I've been teaching in one of my branding classes that it's not just one area and if you look at it as a system and you think about how can I be clear how can I be cohesive and how can I be compelling Mm -hmm. because if you want to connect with your audience you also want to be compelling you want to be speaking in a way that they're going to actually resonate with so what are some of the things that you guys have been doing now that you're further into this new brand like to build and grow um, the brand. Well, one of the the early things that we did was we took the time to really invest in reexamining um, our clients' experience. Um, so that was really very early on. Once we physically were able to get settled and and make sure that all the arrows were pointing um, back to us, is sit back and say, um, is everything we're doing aligned with who we are? And what we want to do, going back to the mission statement or the name, but we had chosen Touchstone because that's what we wanted to be for our clients. We Mm -hmm. wanted to be their Touchstone. And, you know, were we actually doing work in that way and going ahead and cutting or refining habits or practices we had that um, didn't didn't serve that, that model? Um, and we did that within a few months of, of, you know, moving over once we could get everybody really settled so they could focus on it and weren't thinking about, you know, what their chair was, you know, I mean, yeah. that they needed a new <laughs> chair. Um, and, and that was really helpful. Um, it's just watching people really think about it and, and really go, okay. And um, it really worked very well for everyone to, to take initiative to be more proactive. So being responsive is important if you're going to ask someone to use you as their touchstone and and trust you with Mm -hmm. something and rely on the guidance that you're going to give them first of all you have to be responsive but what everybody's really transitioned into is anticipating the needs that's going ahead and reaching out knowing that they're going to have a question and so it's been really really nice to watch everybody really put extra effort into people bringing back a letter and saying this would not be clear to me I know what this I know what you're saying or this form or this question or That's great and really say if if I were them I wouldn't get it right and and it's been really good to watch everybody from the receptionist to 
myself, you know, all, all in between, really take it seriously about, you know, how to make sure um, that the client services are what everybody wants them to be. And I think in a way the rebranding is what allowed that um, because I think it opens everybody up to the new possibilities and into the, the redesign and the remodel and, and makes everybody understand, oh, well, wow, if the name's up for grabs, then I guess there's nothing, nothing that's off, off topic. There's nothing that we can't say, hey, can we change this? That's great. It helps empower people within the organization actually feel like, oh, I have a stake in how this goes moving forward. I, I can help you shape make this. Them, yes. Yeah. If, as long as you make sure that they're empowered by it and it's not something you just kind of pick in a closed room and yeah. and shove down their throats, um, whether they like it. And, and I admit, I did not um, do a huge survey saying, hey, you guys help pick the name because ultimately um, – I knew that if I didn't agree with what they picked, I was going to be unhappy and might pick it anyway. So, if it, you know, I think to the decisions about your brand that are important to you, where you know you're going to do it this way, whether they like it or not, for some reason, like for you, you know that this is the vision and you know you need this. You have to be careful about when you bring in other people, when you yeah. bring in every peop- other people. So I still think a lot of the core decisions you have to make as the person that's going to own the brand. Um, but then you look for those opportunities where you can open it up and, and share it and make sure that they um, everybody gets on board with the message. Yeah. So it's been, what, now about nine months yes. since yes. you've launched? July 1 will be our official one-year launch of the new name and new brand. So what do you see as ahead? What's next for the brand, the business, the evolution? Well, we've worked really hard um, to stay focused within like the so we, we've kept everything you know the close-up stuff so making sure that the clients and our 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 partners out there the people that refer business to us or that we're in partnership with we've worked really hard to make sure they get it and they know it and so you know now I think we're working to kind of spread that more outside of our known partners and and really um, take it a little bit further into the the community um, to be recognized even for people that don't need our services so that we're not just easily recognized when somebody says hey I need a family law attorney and everybody goes oh this but that just in general you know you would know oh yeah that's a family law firm yeah so larger brand recognition even though you're you're not even looking into it um and I think that that's um what we're going to work more on um as as we go forward is is how do we make sure that people know who we are and a little bit broader broader scheme of things well there's also something interesting that you've been working on um which is your podcast yes so do you want to speak a little bit about that because i do believe that's a great tool for brand awareness yes so i had actually become interested in doing a podcast in 2015 i was very slow and it was when um advent co-working which is one of the the really wonderful podcast studios um in charlotte and the one that we're recording this one at but they were building it out and they were building the podcast um studio and when they had it built i was like this would be fabulous um people learn in so many different ways and and attorneys had gotten better at the written word um, and and having blogs and and you know writing articles that people could find online, 
and um, get information that way. Uh, attorneys have gotten a little bit more savvy about what they put on their website that might educate people. But I thought, you know, people might really prefer to hear it. Um, and the podcast would be a really great way to privately get to people. So I had the idea, but I really couldn't make it happen. Um, and so finally, you know, with the, um, the whole idea of rebranding, um, it just seemed like the right time to make it a part of it because one of the things we had wanted to do is really make the information, good information, accessible to people in as many ways as possible. Um, and we knew that we had good information to share. And usually the only way we, we have to share that information is when somebody chooses to come into our office and speak to us. And we just felt like not everybody's going to be able to do that. And, you know, we would like to get it, get it out there. And so that's been really a great um, vehicle for the firm, I believe. But it's also, you know, been part of the, the rebranding is just to take a new new approach at disseminating information. And the title is Welcome to Splitsville. Welcome to Splitsville. Which is nice because it has a little bit more, a little, I would might even say playful tone mm-hmm. to it. Um, but how would you say the content um, helps support this information and insight and education for people? Like what kind of content are you providing in this podcast? Sure. Well, we came up with the name Welcome to Splitsville as, um, you know, not really to, to make light of a situation, but to really underline the idea that when people end up in a situation where they're having a, an intense family conflict, whether it's a marriage breaking up or, or really even just a parenting situation between unmarried people, um, is that it is a really alternate universe. I always um, tell clients, you know, kind of it's like, you know, Alice going down the rabbit hole. It's it's a whole nother world. And so we wanted people to kind of be disassociated with what they think and what they think they know <laughs> about divorce law. So we've tried to be very um, careful about the information that we spread, that it's sort of true for all people, because everybody's case is specific. So sure. as to more specifics, they're going to need to go in and talk to somebody. But the things that are generally true, regardless of your situation. But I've really been fortunate to be able to pull a lot of guests in that are um, experts in divorce in other areas. So we try to, we've had several psychologists on that talk about the, the, um, more mental health issues that are associated with separation and divorce, how to tell the children, um, you know, how to, to, you know, cope with all of the changes. We've brought in financial planners, um, bankruptcy experts, um, private investigators. Mm-hmm. Um, but these other people who also often play a role um, or should play a role in some cases, like a financial advisor, we've brought in realtors that talked to the challenge of, you know, maybe being a first-time homeowner by yourself if you've only ever owned a home with your your spouse um, and what you're going to need to do to get prepared and and how being recently divorced might affect that journey. So we've been really fortunate that, um, that we were correct that there is a lot of information out there and we've known all of these people um, to to encourage our clients to go see them and make these connections with our practice but to be able to bring them in the podcast studio and actually you know put them on our website and and make sure that people can find them even if they don't happen to meet me where I can say oh you should call this person yeah um, that's been fantastic and I think that goes back to this whole building the the brand reputation um, 
you know, the whole spreading the brand awareness. Mm-hmm. It, I love that you're being a resource for people, whether they walk in your door or not. Like, and actually saying, like, I'm committed to helping people whether they choose to hire me or not. And that's such a great Correct. thing to have a, be associated with a brand. I think so many times people think about like, oh, it's, it's law and people just want my money. It's like, no, you're actually being this resource for people in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you're c- creating and cultivating an environment to be the touchstone, to be the support and to be a resource in so many different ways, I think speaks a lot to the commitment and the mission that you guys have. Yes, and we really do believe that legal services are of value to people going through a divorce and a separation or a custody battle. It is just imperative that people have some understanding of the laws surrounding that. And, you know, resources are an obstacle to getting help you need in every area of your life, and it affects everybody. And certainly law is no no different. Um, and so we hope that the podcast helps um, provide a resource to people who may not have the financial resources to go out and hire an attorney or hire an attorney at that moment or, you know, get full, full-term full legal services because it is really important. And um, we are very committed to giving our clients the best legal resources we can and really being good stewards of their money. But it's more than that because we are in that courtroom all the time and we see what the judges are dealing with, having to work with people who are unrepresented. We see the problems that exist um, that maybe could have been headed off if they had had a little bit of guidance earlier. Um, we see the really terrible um, product out there that some of these um, forms companies are pushing and it's really not good product and it causes problems and people don't know it but they're compelled to go use it because they really don't know what else to do and they or they don't feel that they can can hire an attorney so I think if we can just raise awareness on what people's rights and obligations are and what they should expect through this process um it's really key um, that we be able to do that because it is a profession. We are lawyers and we do take an oath and it's not all about money. Totally. And in fact, you know, we were just talking before this, um, you were a wonderful guest on a panel where we were talking about purpose, passion, and profit and how looking to find that beautiful intersection because Mm -hmm. to keep your doors open, you do have to make a profit, but that your purpose and your passion are what make the difference for your clients. They are the thing that will help people in the middle of their crisis when they're driven by emotion, right? Mm -hmm. So like if they can have these resources and a little bit more information up front, it will allow them to be more efficient when they are working with an attorney. They will be, have a little more insight and perspective, uh, which will actually ultimately help them and, and help what their next steps will be. Yes, and that's that's sort of what we think, is we think any legal services is better than zero when you're in a legal problem. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just like any medical attention you could get is better than zero medical attention if you have a health problem. We would all love the best. I mean, you know, anybody who's sick, you know, if you could get the best doctor, yes. um, wonderful. But a doctor um, or a nurse practitioner or, you know, you just need someone to help. And so we feel that way about the legal um, field that we're in and the work that we do too. We certainly can do more um, for our clients um, than I can possibly put out there on a website or in a podcast. Um, There's no doubt that the holistic 
work that we do um, day in and day out for our clients is at a higher level. But that doesn't mean that there's not some value of the, you know, what we can can perhaps educate them with in another forum. And so we want to do that as well. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Lee, for your time here today and talking about this Road to Rebrand and all the ins and outs that might be valuable for somebody else as they're considering whether they should be rebranding their business. Well, thanks for having me and letting me talk about it. My pleasure. Thanks for joining the Branding BFF crew. Subscribe to stay connected to more behind-the-scenes conversations with entrepreneurs and brand creators. This show is brought to you by Spear Creative Edge, a strategic branding business. We help service businesses, creative professionals, and coaches with authentic branding so you can connect with your ideal clients more quickly. Learn more at SpearCreativeEdge.com.